Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who do I have with me here? What's up, guys? It's Devin here, back again. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. It's going well, man. H how's it going for you? Oh, no, it's going pretty good. I'm really, really excited for this episode. Um, awesome. Yeah, awesome. I see we already have a couple people here popping in the chat, so... Yeah, Notification Gang out here. Yo, shout out Notification Gang. You all are awesome. All right, awesome. Six viewers off to a good start, all that good shit. So we have a lot of topics to tear through this episode, don't we? No, it's really good. Like the last couple <laughs> months have actually been like, I don't know, it's been building up to be better and better content. And I, I don't know, know right? when it's actually going to stop. That that quality-ass content. The quality. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully we're all sounding good as well, too. Hopefully you all are enjoying the uh, the new, I'm hoping, bump up in quality. Um but, but see, okay, for anybody who's watching this either live or you're watching the uh, pre-recorded version, whatever it is, you know, the post version, uh, I, I, I got a question, Devin. Now, do you think we should just stick to, like, this format, you know, with, like, my face here and, like, the, the wave thing in the back? Or should, should we turn on the webcam? I mean, I guess we can. This is a complicated new setup. I don't know. Do you think that's pushing it? Uh, I don't know. Let, let's ask the audience on here. So this is an exclusive live audience thing. It, it, it's up to you all. Do you think we should just stick with this? Or do you think that we should turn on the webcam and make it a little bit more, uh, make a little bit more entertaining for anybody who's going to be watching here? Oh, it looks like we have one for webcam. What are the uh, webcam? Okay. It's fine. Oh, well, Bill Cam Cinema says it's fine. It's fine? Oh, well, I don't know. That that quality, though. What, we're, we're getting a lot for webcam, so should we turn it on? All right, man, let's do it. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about it, but uh, oh, well, let's see. So turn camera on. And hey, what's going on, everyone? We're uh, we're in the same room now. What yeah. the hell is this? Well, I mean, <laughs> in all reality, we haven't been that far apart. <laughs> That's true. But uh, as you can see, we're in a whole new area now and everything. And uh, if you remember from the last mod chat, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a spoiler here. But uh, I did say at the end of the last mod chat that I was moving and the move has happened. So we didn't plan on doing this setup until next month, but we got it done earlier than possible. So got my webcam right here got nice lighting got a different area got a whole new microphone set up as well so yeah honestly you threw me a major curveball because <laughs> we had talked about not doing this until next month i know right and i get here i'm sorry i start to get set up you know i'm kind of like frantic making getting here at the last minute getting all ready and he throws this in my way but you know i'm really excited i think it's looking really good i i'm thinking so as well too people seem to be surprised with it so far so this is going to be nice not only it's gonna I, I feel like it will look nicer here but on top of that uh, it's just going to bring a whole new dynamic because whenever we would talk there would always be like i would finish something and then there would be a pause when you talk because you have to respond. So even though we were in the same vicinity, there was that network lag. That is true. And we both had headphones in, so it's not like we could hear each other. Exactly. Right? You know? Exactly. I think the only thing is you're looking better in this light. I, I'm looking like a fucking zombie right here. So <laughs> we're going to have to work on the, the angles, know, whatever it is. But you know what? It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. This is a beta for Mod Chat. This is a beta for Mod Chat. Exactly. Yeah. So keep that in mind, but I hope you guys enjoy the new setup because this is probably what we're going to be sticking with, something similar to this. Yes, yes. So if anybody has any recommendations of this as well, too, definitely let us know. But we are in the same area using the same microphone setup yeah. and everything. It's kind of weird. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. This is going to be awesome. Yes, yes. It's going to be awesome. All right. So a uh, whole slew of topics here, but uh, we might as well get into this. So the yes. first thing, I guess... Uh, you want to go ahead and take this first topic? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely, I can. So um, it's kind of exciting. This 
news, all this activity lately is really making me wish I had some more PlayStation consoles. <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of Nintendo news over the last couple of months that has been pretty big, but um, the PlayStation uh, you know, consoles, PS3 and PS4, um, have not been lacking in new stuff. Um, it looks like we've got a new open source version of a PS4 hen that works all the way up to version 4.55 on the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, the developer is Wildcard777. Um, and from what I see, it's basically your standard homebrew enabler. Um, uh, in the readme, it says that this is based on Flats' write up using IDC's fake code base. I haven't looked too much into that, but um, if you're interested, you can go look at his uh, GitHub there and get more information on that. Um, but yeah, this is really interesting. I don't know. Um, I imagine since you have a PS4, you play around with this a bit. No, my PS4 right now because of the move and everything. I'm so, I'm not gonna get set up on my mod shit until like next month. Yeah, unfortunately, I hear that. still dealing with this. Right yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, my PS4 is still on 1.76, but it is hooked up. I have everything hooked up right now. No, for anybody that um, doesn't know, so. This happened right around the time of the last mod chat, um, but PS4s on firmware 4.55 are now exploitable using PS4 HIN. Uh, that was from 4.05 prior. Uh, and now we got, you know, Holy Grail, which that is what was shown from Flats months and months ago, uh, where that was, you know, on 4.55 and he was able to install Homebrew, install uh, games from PKG files, mm-hmm. all that other fun stuff. Right. Uh, now, one thing is apparently, I think it said here, uh, this is the, um, it's the same as, really, like, it has the same functionality as the Holy Grail, correct? Oh, uh, that's what I have read. I haven't seen anything totally different so, standout features, but yeah. Maybe someone can clarify this further, but I know with Holy Grail, uh, that payload, Morpheus had come out and said uh, that he is not going to be adding in uh, external drive support because he just straight up said he's just like you don't need your inter you don't need a huge four terabyte external drive for homebrew yeah yeah so of course you know he's trying to curb piracy on that a little bit uh so i don't if this is the exact same functionality this payload right here i'm not sure if it's going to support external drives or not either way though uh it was mentioned on here that of course this is open source which is nice while as the original holy grail is not open source right um, and even if this doesn't, it might be worth looking into the uh, homebrew enabler that um, X Vortex actually open sourced. Have you seen that as well? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a so there's another homebrew enabler that's open source. I haven't looked too much into that one, so I haven't either. The source code is definitely a decent bit different. It doesn't look like it was forked from um, Wildcards mm-hmm. homebrew enabler at all, um, but there. Uh, Readme doesn't really list out any features, and I haven't really found too much about it. I haven't looked too too hard into it, so mm-hmm. um, it's possible that we're going to have several competing homebrew enablers on the console, which would be kind of yes. cool. Yeah, and I think they're all going to have their own little variants and everything. Right. As we said, you know, Holy Grail, that was the Holy Grail as it was dubbed as it was self-named, uh, but it doesn't have external drive support, which is going to be a big deal breaker for a lot of people right i know there's a few others that have floated out there that are supposed to be a bit more stable and all that too compared to others so i guess it's just going to be the battle of the payloads at this point right so hopefully at some point at least one of these will um provide that kind of support mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty interesting um i don't think it's really a whole lot of new stuff but it's open source that means i mean you know who knows what kind of progress is going to come from here for sure we'll see what's up yeah exciting stuff <laughs> yeah 
Uh, next up on here, this is just like something kind of uh, interesting that I want to pull now. It, it, it was funny because I know Devin, you, for example, you kind of like messaged me on the site. just like, should we bring this up or not? I'm not seeing all that much else about it. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's kind of one of these things where it's like, who knows what's actually going to happen um, with this kind of deal. We don't have anything too concrete, but um, it looks like someone uh, on GBA temp found that there is a PS4 web ex uh, WebKit exploit, I believe. Um, that happens to crash the Xbox 360 browser. Yes. Now, I don't think anything's going to come of this, but it's just really cool that this was able to, like the same exploit that was being used is able to end up crashing the browser. I just thought, thought that was interesting. I, I mean, wanted to throw it in. Entirely possible. Some 360 slash PS4 stuff. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting, but I mean, if you think about it, they're all running similar software, right? Yeah. Um, so even if it's... Uh, a different console if they're both running the same old version of webkit i actually could see that I and mean, we actually saw some of that um i think a, the 3ds had an exploit that was uh used uh originally on the iphone something like that i remember that sounds it. about right 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 i can't remember what it was it might i think it was on the 3ds um but it's just because it was using the same version of web or an older version of webkit where that exploit was still present mm -hmm. who knows from what it seems like um the xbox 360 doesn't necessarily need a new exploit I think it's pretty well busted wide open. But. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, I mean, there's nothing that can, uh, there, there's no way to like, you know, USB mod it or soft mod it, so to speak. And when I say USB mod, I'm talking about modifying the actual console, not modifying the games. Uh, so I know there's a lot of people that are expecting the 360 to be like the original Xbox, where you can just right. soft mod it gotcha. and completely rip it open without ripping the thing open. Gotcha. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. So the system's cracked wide open already. It's just you do have to do some type of hardware trickery. You have to crack it wide open. Yes, gotcha. you do. Yeah, I haven't actually messed with <clears throat> too much 360 modding. Um, but um, I hope to get more into it here at some point, especially since I have one link around. Even though it's already modified a little bit, I'd love to just like experiment with it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for donating your 360. That oh, thank you way. for flashing the. Oh hard no drive. problem. Yeah. No for for anybody who's not picking up for the reference. The uh, disc drive. drive. Yeah. yeah no. Sorry. For anyone who's not picking up the reference, uh, there was a GameStop refurb video I did. The second one I did, yep. I uh, borrowed Devin's refurb system and uh, like took it all apart on camera and all that stuff. I thought it was an entertaining video, uh, but in return, I was just like, you know what? I'll clean it up a bit. I'll flash the drive for you and put it back together. I'm still amazing that it wasn't dirtier than it was. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit dirty, but it was a little how, bit. But for how many years and years and years I played that. Um, I guess both hardwood floors and carpets. Mm -hmm. It should have been pretty caked. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I've I've seen I've seen some caked stuff. Man. Yeah, some real caked stuff. No bugs. No bugs. <laughs> just cake. Just cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So it's pretty interesting. Who knows what will come of it? But if something does, we'll probably let you know next month. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have uh, one more thing for PS4 talk. Yeah, and it's. Pretty interesting. Um, I'm, I'm gonna let you take this one. Okay, sure. Thank you. I'm I'm a little bit excited about this, but uh, this is all about um, how do we say it here? Uh, this is about open orbis so this is just let you all know uh this was given to me by a trusted source uh, his word is great on this and he gave me a few things that i can share with you all in terms of news and a few screenshots uh really if you're a developer or if you really want to look to the back end stuff this is going to be extremely 
Uh, this hopefully should be interesting and this should sh shed some more light on things. Uh, but we've been authorized to give out this information and break some news on here. So, I mean, we're, this is the first time this happened actually. Yeah. It was kind of, <laughs> you sent this to me. It was like, Oh, this, this is kind of cool. This feels like exciting, a little nerve wracking. Like, I don't know. I know. Right. <laughs> but, uh, no. So first off, I, I have a list here of the information and thank you to our source on this. Uh, but this is all about open Orbis, which open Orbis is supposed to be a, uh, full stack homebrew software development kit for the PlayStation four. So the main focus of this is supposed to be a tool chain and software development kit or SDK that they're going to be making. Uh, it's currently in development right now. Uh, they do have a GitHub. I will link it down in the description sometime after this show. Unfortunately, the only thing there is uh, just a readme saying what it is. Uh, so there's nothing that you can find there at the moment, uh, but it is in development. The final product will be open source again because it's on GitHub. So there's going to be a few things. As I mentioned, the SDK. So there's now going to be a SDK that they're going to develop and have open source and push out to everyone and you know, people can use that. Nice thing is people will now be able to develop homebrew, hopefully easier with a better tool chain and everything without having to use either the existing SDK. I believe there's a homebrewed one that's been written and out there, but it's kind of iffy as I see it. Uh, and then there's also the official Sony one, which a lot of true developers don't want to use because it's illegal to use that if you're not working for Sony yeah. or you're not licensed with Sony. Yeah, I imagine that's most likely the situation. Mm -hmm. um, developing with the actual official SDK is probably much more feature-filled, a lot easier. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's a lot of stuff already built out, a lot of boilerplate that you don't have to go through. But if your binary is written with that, <clears throat> sorry, compiled with that, pretty sure it's legal to distribute it. Uh, yes, so it is like illegal. that's just that's not only something that I think developers don't have a preference for, but you know they may not just want to risk it. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, having a full featured SDK that really taps into the hardware and makes a lot of these features available right out the box um, could be really, really good for the scene. For sure. There's also going to be, they're aiming for uh, a remote file system where I asked for some more details on this and they said uh, this would allow for small file transfers directly from a folder. It's too slow to be used for games, but for small files such as Homebrew, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing I'm excited about is there is going to be a Homebrew storefront as well that they mm -hmm. want to release. So this person compared it to VitaDB, and they said VitaDB would be an example of this. Uh, there would also be a web presence with this as well, too. Now, there are plans to have this work with any future kernel exploits, aka k-exploits. Uh, and then they said that the k-exploit, the plan is, will auto-download and install directly on the console. So is that like... What what will auto download? So once you already have the uh, storefront installed, they will like download future exploits. Is that what that means? So the way it all works right now is if you have an exploitable PS4, you have to open up your internet browser or browse out there somehow. You have to get out to the internet. You have to go to a certain page and then run a payload right. against that. Uh, so this would be what I'm figuring out right like this this is just my own speculation right here uh, i'm not reading off this directly but i would assume that this would mean that they just want to have it so that it kind of just like auto patches or you can launch the browser and it will just auto patch and auto push that payload right there yeah. something a bit more concrete so you don't have to open the browser every single time go to a specific website and push out a payload gotcha yeah that'd be awesome yeah yeah i haven't actually seen like 
a, a really, really solid homebrew store, or at least a more centralized one. Every once in a while, you'd see like different homebrew um, kind of like apps pop up on consoles. I think the 3DS had a few of them. Um, but the you're idea talking about like FBI and uh, well, Free no, Shop and a few others. Or? No, 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 not either of those. There okay. was definitely like a couple. I know, didn't use them too much. I tried a couple, and I mean, it was just kind of like I don't know. I'd rather just download it from the web browser personally install it myself. Right, right. But uh, I think part of my idea with it was that there's you know separate developers that all had good ideas, but they were all keep maintaining their own stores. And the idea of having a really good team behind a like, single development kit. With a single storefront, I think is going to get a lot of attention. Yes, um, will be really, really good quality. Yeah, no, I'm hoping for that. So we have a few other final notes as well too with this in general. Uh, the team will never ask for donations or promise kernel exploits. The tools can be ported to multiple firmwares, and GitHub will be the only way to get updates uh, from them officially. Any Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, etc. accounts are fake. So they don't want to do any of the social media stuff. So if you see any Twitter account, any other subreddit, a Reddit account of some kind claiming to be a part of uh, Open Orbis or like representing the Open Orbis project, that's fake. They only want to do their official updates out there through uh, through GitHub. Which I don't think is a bad thing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one source of truth and, you know, less easy to just kind of trick people, I guess, you know, and spread fake links over Twitter with exactly that looks like you know the the official one so get straight from the source exactly yeah for uh any final final notes here so for release dates uh our source said you know full stack with homebrew store and custom firmware homebrew enabler is slate uh eh, slated for late 2018 or early 2019 release the tool chain and sdk will be available sooner than that right so this is really cool stuff um it's looking really legit. Uh, we have a couple screenshots from some source code, and it, I mean, it's not a lot, but it's pretty awesome to see this kind of stuff in development. Absolutely, yeah. So I can show you all these real quick as well, too. Let me go ahead and share. So uh, let me see. Let me see. Where is it? Windows Photo Viewer. Shout out Windows Photo Viewer. <laughs> um, but no, so we have been given four screenshots that we can share out. Now, it's not of the store or anything. Again, this can be more exciting for any developers out there. But right here, got this one showing Open Orbis Linker. And so this I'm not as familiar with. So if there's anything that, you would, um, that you'd be able to shed on this, Devin, that would be awesome from a developer's standpoint. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not familiar with what LLD is, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure if that's specific to Open Orbis, but uh, this is looks like it's basically just kind of proving what kind of a Git repository this is. I'm not really sure what LLD is. Though. All right. Yeah. Second screenshot here. Just some, uh, some not assembly code. What am I trying to say? But it no. looks like this is an uh, HXD or some other yeah. compatible editor. Some kind of a hex editor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is interesting because you can, again, see that this was uh, compiled with Clang. So it's version 3. Point, uh, Clang version 3.8.0. Um, you can see that... This is a, the 380th release of their, you know, builds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're obviously three on eight dot zero dash two. Yeah, uh, we have a, a Git repository that I looked at and is not open to the public, so it's either behind some kind of a VPN or something. But um, I feel like it'd probably just be private. Yeah, I mean, however they have it configured. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's 
pretty interesting stuff. Oh, so I just realized the microphone, microphone's right there. <laughs> yes. It's all good. Mod chat beta. <laughs> Mod chat beta. We out here. And then here, the two X open Orbis objects right here, creating a payload, all that other fun stuff. So yeah, so whatever it is, <laughs> a lot of this is really just proof that something exists. Of course, right? And it's yeah. not. Just so for anybody who's just like, "What the hell is this? This is really nothing." It's like, yeah, it's it's nothing really important to the end user. I'll say that. Right. If you're just a person who's wanting to get this up and running immediately, it's not going to be very important to you. Right, right, right. And I mean, yeah. even to a and I, and I mean that respectfully. Right. Like as I said, sure. this is going to be more for the developers. Well, and even for developers, this is really, um, there's not a whole lot in the developers going to have or be able to do with just this information. Right. This right. is really like, hey, we're out here. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're making moves. So yeah. it's really I'm not a developer by trade. So I, uh, that, that's why if it sounds like I'm a bit clueless, oh, I am a bit clueless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got the last screenshot right here on screen. Right, which is really just a kind of a templated out class here. It's uh, kind of just proving they have some stuff. In here, the um, uh, I think the, I believe this is a class for Open Orbis. So, um, again, this is really just proof that something exists, something is out there, something is actually in development. Um, so, it's going to be exciting to see what this comes when this comes out and how soon. Absolutely, um, it's hard to tell, but uh, you know, I would. They say late 2018. So, if they're already making this kind of progress, really, it's. Who knows when it's actually going to come out and materialize? Yes, yes, yeah. So that's what they're expecting. So that's the information we have on that, which I'm happy to share here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not a lot of screenshots. It's not a lot of like, <laughs> you know, actual tangible stuff that you know the end users would like to see a lot. But I mean, it's proof that something is in development, and it's really cool to hear about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's it for the PlayStation 4 stuff on here. We do have one thing that is uh, in the title that we want to discuss. So only one thing for the PS3, but uh, would you like to cover this? Sure. I read up on this just a bit, um, and it sounds pretty dang exciting. So not only do we have a PS3 exploit that's been updated to work with, I think, newer versions of the PSP or newer firmware updates. Uh, so the, the 4.82, which is exploitable, is still the latest firmware. Okay. Uh, the difference with this is that this now does things for all ps3s right it's got all the models the slim and super slim included um correct which before apparently couldn't be exploited at all yes anything um, that had a minimum version of something higher than i want to say was it 3.55 i believe that was it um right. then you couldn't uh, then you couldn't do this Interesting. So this is not custom firmware but it is something pretty awesome <laughs> right and it's not even really a homebrew enabler it looks like. So this isn't actually going to give you real exactly, access to Exactly, because they call homebrew. it HAN and not HIN. Right, which is short for ethanol, which um, I'm not sure what that relates to as far as... I didn't look too much into that. I don't know if you know if ethanol, where that comes from. I do not. I do so, not. I haven't asked the developers about that, so I couldn't tell you, unfortunately. So maybe if someone is listening in the chat and knows where that kind of comes from, that would be really interesting. But yeah, so it's uh, not a homebrew enabler, but it does enable you you to do some pretty sweet stuff with your ps3 yes um so it, using the kind of a, like a package installer you're able to play ps3 backups and ps1 and ps2 and psp yes and which is pretty awesome 
honestly, this makes me kind of want to get a secondhand PS3. Because now, like, any PS3 can run some type some type of exploit on the latest and firmware. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I would need... I mean, I definitely don't need a PS3 for homebrew. It was sure it would be great. Right. But, yeah, that is really appealing. Right. So, in short, what this does... So, if you have a custom firmware PS3, this really isn't going to apply to you all that much. If you're just like, oh, should I use hand? You don't need to. This is just... It, it's like custom, like it, it's almost like just kind of a good blend between official firmware, custom firmware. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean you're still stuck on official firmware, but you have some of the benefits. Uh, mainly, this is just going to be used for if you want to dump your IPDS uh, and then if you want to play games so you can install them as package files that way. Uh, this does some trickery with the what is it uh with the license files and everything so the way that digital titles are licensed it kind of just does some trickery with that Mm -hmm. in combination with the previous webkit exploit and all that stuff that was being utilized on here Uh, it can run some light and modified homebrew uh, but again this is more just to get some games up and running uh, compatibility is not going to be perfect again because like PS1 compatibility should be it's it's really going to be the same as the regular PS3 so PS1 compatibility should be fine PS2 it's going to be really hit or miss on a lot of titles PSP it's going to be even a lower rate of success with that but mm-hmm. you can still at least do it with the PS3 though as I understand the only way you can run a PS3 title is uh, or install a PS3 title is if there is a update for that game so really? if you're trying, yes, that is interesting because it does something with the licensing there yeah. and everything. So, so yeah. do you know how this is run exactly? Like, I know there's some command line tools, and I've never had experience with this because I don't know PlayStation Three. But um, do you know how you actually install the games? So from what I'm seeing on here, because I haven't had the time to try this out personally, but as I'm seeing on here, uh, what you need to do is follow the guides of A1 here and build your own game package with the modified license files and such. Then you end up running the exploits. You're able to uh, run a you're able to get a package installer from that after the exploit is run. And then you use that package installer to install those modified games to your system. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still way better than nothing. Oh, absolutely. Incredible work. And it seems like, I mean, kind of seems like it came out of nowhere. So great job to the team um, that worked on this, the PS3 exploit team. And it's, it's, you know, really good to see. I might end up picking up one myself at some point here. Just to play around with and all that. Just to play around with it. If I ever get time, I'm still, Mm -hmm. like we talked about, I'm in modding debt. Modding debt. Yeah. Modding debt. (laughs) Got a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, well, though. Exciting, nonetheless. Yes, yes. So, again, huge shout-outs to the PS3 exploit team. Y'all are doing awesome work. Uh, I I love that they stuck to their promise as well, too. They've been really dedicated to this here. And uh, they had said, they're just like, yeah, you know, when PS3 exploit originally came out, they said, yes, this is for compatible systems for anybody who has a super slim or a slim that isn't compatible. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to give you something it's not going to be full out custom firmware, but we're going to have something for you. So even with this, I believe I've seen it wasn't as refined, but on a older PS3 firmware, I believe we reported on it, not you and I, but it was when Danny was on the show, we reported on it, but you could do something along these lines on official firmware on an older system hmm. for PS3 games. But this is just now more of a fleshed out official version of that. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty sweet. Um, kind of would fit right up my alley with what I would want to do with the PS3 at this point. Um, 
you know, homebrew would be nice, but I'll take something like that. Just be able to play that many console generations. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I saw the, yeah, the, uh, the uh, next upcoming stuff here. You want to, you want to take this? Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just getting prepared over here. Oh, no worries. But yeah, I mean, the Nintendo switch progress just really doesn't seem to be slowing down. No, not at all. Pretty sure every month since the console has come out, we've talked about something. Yeah, which has been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome to see, but um, it's getting even better. And it looks like we have, uh, I mean, honestly, several custom firmwares that are in the works right now. Um, I think maybe even the last mod chat, we talked about this developer, uh, Cyrus M. Yes, yeah, because I kind of like dissected his name. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we say Cyrus M. He hasn't corrected me on it, but I also don't think he's watched these streams. Probably not. Yeah. If you have, (laughs) give us a shout out. Let us know, man. Yes. We're definitely following you. Um, But yeah, it seems like him and Tux SH are kind of two main developers behind this uh, custom firmware called Atmosphere that's being worked on for the Switch. Mm -hmm. Now, what I really like about this, which is something that, you know, I don't normally see, maybe it's happened in other communities, but they're really working on this custom firmware right out in the open. Yes, they are. It's really cool. Now, there's not a whole ton you can do yet. No. I mean, they have some proof of concept videos that they've put out. Right, right, right. Uh, So... Yeah, it's not fully featured. You're not going to be able to do a whole lot of it. I'm not even sure if there's a method of installing it for the average person. Um, I don't know if it's just running right off of the uh, Pegaswitch exploit. I would imagine so. I would imagine so as well, too, unless they have some private stuff. Right. But um, even here. Yeah, so there's a video here <clears throat> on Cyrus M's uh, Twitter. And it looks like they're actually booting into it from Pegaswitch. And I'll go ahead and share this as well, too, just yeah. on my screen Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Screen share, come on. So for anybody who's going to be seeing this, you'll have at least something a little bit entertaining. But Right. So as you can see here, uh, he's in the browser. He's loaded Pick a Switch. And in a few seconds, you'll see it. So this of, is through, through the re-switch. Of right. So. so now it's kind of like rebooted. Yep. Re- team re-switched. Mm-hmm. All right. Wait, wait. I love how fat, like snappy and fast the switch is oh, too. <laughs> so here we are inside the home menu. So he's able to basically reboot, get into the home menu, and now he has a kind of a debug menu. Yes. Put it up here. Yes. One thing I do kind of want to find right here. Let's see. Um, don't lock next time. Okay. Don't lock. Don't look. Okay, so Devin, if you look at... I, I have a question for you. I don't know if this is directly related to the custom firmware or not, um, but if you look kind of like on my screen or if you just look at 26 seconds, I have it pulled up right here. In the corner, it says don't lock next time. Maybe someone in the comment section clarify that for me, but I have not seen mm. that air on my Switch, so I'm not sure if that is directly part of the custom firmware or not. Yeah. <laughs> it could even say notice. don't look. Um, but it's a little bit low res here. No, I'm pretty sure it says don't lock. That's what I'm thinking. That looks more like a C. Hmm. I haven't seen that pop up on my Switch. I also don't have a lock on my Switch. Do you have to press like buttons four times or whatever I don't to get into your so. Switch? Because I just I took that off. So when I just oh, hit oh yeah, button. yeah. No, no, no. I, I have to press that button and all that stuff, but I've never seen that. Interesting. And I would like to think that I've used my Switch for an ample amount of time. Huh. Yeah, I am totally not sure, but... Who knows? It could be just something that we never noticed because we're always that eager to get into the get game. our games and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, this is great. Um, yep. It's kind of like the GitHub, yeah, GitHub repository is available for Atmosphere NX. So mm-hmm. anyone wants to check that out, awesome. It looks yeah. like we got a donation too. So Modchop, there's a, there's oh, no yeah. message attached to that, but Modchop, thank you very much for that $10 donation. Yeah, man. Thanks for always being in the chat. And that's yeah. way too generous. I can feed my dog now. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did anybody, because you have the chat on your screen, but did anybody in the chat mention uh, what that message might be or? From from the mod shop? Yeah. Oh, not no, not from the mod shop. Uh, from the uh, the lock. Like, don't lock next time. Oh, let's see. I don't see anything. Okay. It doesn't look like it. I don't want to like go crazy researching it right now. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? If you're listening to this later and you figure out what it is, feel free to like tweet us or something. Yes. Or just comment down below if you're uh, on YouTube here. Uh, the next thing, there's also not just one, Devin. There's there, there's two custom firmwares. Right. So like I mentioned, <laughs> there's multiple that are being worked on from different people, probably for different reasons. Uh, a lot of it's probably just out of just curiosity and self-interest. Um, but it looks like Naywert, I believe. That's how I would say his name. name. Um, I had not heard of him up until now, but it looks like he has got um, something running on the Switch. Some fun stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's (laughs) going to be, and maybe there's been new information about this, uh, but it looks like it's happening like literally at boot. It's not really booting into Mm -hmm. Linux, but it's booting into a weird debug menu that's printing out some memory addresses but it looks like that's on cold boot right there right it is directly on cold boot so they've got complete control over the boot process amazing um got low the power of a boot rom oh my gosh yeah <laughs> you know and if it's anything related to kind of what team executor has found but just in a software form you know it, this could be unpatchable you know who knows like i mean the the amount of progress we've seen on this is just absolutely outrageous um so I'm not exactly sure what's to come of this, but it looks like we have complete control over the whole boot process at the moment. For and sure. That means full-fledged custom firmwares. That's where, you know, uh, Switch with Linux comes in. You know what I mean? That we saw, what was it, two months ago? Yes. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty awesome. Um I'm excited to see it all. So. Yeah. As it unfolds right here. I'm guessing that the rate of getting a ridiculous amount of news for this each month is going to continue for a while now. Let's hope so. Yeah. That's just more development, more fun for everyone else. Yeah. So absolutely. That. And it, yeah. I'm still not got my switch yet. I need <sighs> to invest in you do. another one. You do. Yeah. You do. Well, and before we transition though, so one thing, uh, there, well, there's, Three things I want to mention here. First, uh, it looks like someone Solid Snake has cracked the code for Han. Ethanol comes from corn. So obviously, PS3s are made of corn. Found it. I should have known. Second, want to thank uh, Blue Snow 2 for the uh, the sponsorship. I believe he's the first sponsor on the channel now. So Really? Yeah. So wow, thank you for that cool. sponsorship. Much appreciated. I think the only difference with that is you can get like a few extra. It's, I'm, I think it's probably similar to Twitch where you can get some emotes and then you're able to donate like $5 to the channel every month Very with nice. that or something like that. This so, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Blue Snow. Yeah. So thanks Glad for that. You. Yeah. No, if I don't know too much about sponsorship, it's because that's the first sponsorship. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome is that only available through like live streaming 
Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, a lot of these donations are only set up through live streaming. I think you can now sponsor because if I go on site tangent here, but I think you could sponsor a channel on YouTube gaming. But recently an email just came out saying that now they're going to be combining YouTube gaming and regular YouTube channels together. So hopefully gotcha. they're going to bring that sponsor button back because it's it, it, they had it a while ago. You could actually donate to a YouTuber through their channel. But then at one point, YouTube ended up removing it because they said that hardly anyone used it. And now I guess they're trying to bring it back somehow. I don't even really remember it. Exactly. <laughs> That's why they, they got rid of it because wow. they hardly ever remembered it. I mean, like, no, nobody really remembered. I had one person who ever used it and it was Exit. Shout outs to him. He donated five bucks that one time, the whole time I had it. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he said I did that. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I honestly don't remember that at all. Exactly. And now that I don't know, maybe a, how long ago was it? To be honest, do you know? Uh, I want to say it was it was on channels. I want to say for at least a year, and it was probably about two years ago they removed it. Really? Yep. What? No, really? Yep. And they removed it because they're just like, yeah, not that many people are using the feature. I must have just totally like put it out of my sight. Like it just got used to the button or something like that. Well, you also had to go directly to their channel and not that many people go directly to a YouTuber's channel. See what I mean? I thought you meant it was on a video. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. No, you had to go directly to the channel. That's it, right? Which I go to YouTube people like YouTubers channels because I'm weird like that, but a majority of users don't do that. Wow. Exceed says he thinks he did it in 2015. Okay. I mean Okay, which Interesting. that would make sense. So. Yeah, I yeah. rarely. I thought it might have been 2016, but oh well. <laughs> I rarely ever go to people's channels, so that not that many sense. people do, Devin. Not yeah. that many people put do. it on the videos, YouTube. <sighs> Free idea. Free idea. <laughs> yeah. But the anyways. third. The third thing. Third thing. Sorry, I'm I'm very excited for this. Yeah, we have a save editor now. Which is not cool. only an editor, but this can export saves and all that yeah. too, right? It's, uh, Which I'm wanting this. I really want this just to back up my damn saves. Right. <laughs> this is one of these things where it's kind of frustrating that Nintendo hasn't done this yet. I know, right? And it's kind of annoying that someone actually has to do it in the community, but I'm glad that someone is. Yes. Um, and it's by a developer that, you know, I'm a fairly big fan of. They've done really good work in the past. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Ray for yeah. short. I'm not gonna say their full name, but uh I did yeah, use right. Raynan briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Raynan had the cute anime chick on yeah. boot. Raise Yukaku. <laughs> Ray, sure. Raise Yukaku. Sure. <laughs> but you know, uh developer of Raynand. Um maybe I did really good work and I've seen this kind of this developer actually like grow a lot mm -hmm. since they started that whole project. And it's really cool to see him continuing development on the Switch. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they're going to come out with. And uh, already this looks really good. Um, so yeah, it's just something that's really needed. And it's, yeah, he said right here, wrote a save dumper for switch. There's a good handful of images saved. And in a second tweet, he also said, seems there's a breath, of the wild save editor that works with switch saves too. I also have my saves read from the SD card and written to save data. Now I'm mm -hmm. overpowered as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, switch is a powerful console. I feel like you could have some fun with that. Yeah. actually playing around with your save data and being able to back it up so you can restore it. I just want, I don't even really want to edit my saves. I just want to back them up, dude. Yeah, I hear you. I just want to you back know, them up. I don't want them on the Switch itself. In all, all honesty, time. All right. I have like a perfect use case that for, uh, for that too. You um, dump a Switch in the toilet at Fry's no, and you can't... Um, oh, okay. My little that, brother. I was thinking of. My little brother. Okay. He's got a Switch and it's got a dead pixel. Okay. Oof. I got him a three-year warranty oh. with GameStop. Oh. 
if he he's put in, I think over 200 hours into Breath of the Wild as well. Oh. So he can give GameStop the Switch. No. 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 Or he could give it to Nintendo for three weeks. Which he's a kid. Nintendo would be faster turnaround time though than three weeks, I yeah, would say. I most likely. Yeah. But he's he's a he's a 14-year-old kid. Plays games a lot. I can understand why he doesn't want to spend the time to set it off. So he's kind of in this like tough spot where it's just like, uh, if I could just export my saves to the cloud or onto my computer or onto my SD card or whatever, this would be no problem. I have to say it was really nice. Like, even though I really don't like the Xbox one that much, it's been nice when they were, I was having issues and I was like, you know what? Let me restart everything on here. Completely wipe the system, initialized it, download the update, sign into my account. All my saves were sitting there on the cloud. It was really nice having that feature available yeah. there. I'm just like, oh, I can wipe my system and everything's gone. Or I can sign into my account on another person's system and my saves will just download off the cloud. That's really nice. That's pretty nice. Like Xbox 360 had that, but it was a bit more manual with the process where you had to actually save. But Xbox One just automatically backs them up. That's really cool. I think that's great. So. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this development continues. Hopefully we see this soon, you know. Yes. But hopefully Nintendo... It's their shit. Nintendo, just, just, just let, just let me back up yeah. my saves or something, please. Even to it, it doesn't have to be to the cloud. Just even to the SD card. Yeah, because you can't move. Like my Breath of Wild save is stuck so, on my Switch. So yeah, but the thing with that too is the way that the SD cards work is mm-hmm. they're encrypted, unique to devices. So let me back, like plug in a USB C cable, back it up to my computer mm-hmm. or something. You know, we have multiple options here. Yeah, I also uh, I want to kind of shout this guy out, but also bring up this other use case. So shout out Modern Vintage Gamer, but he said, I know someone who bricked their switch after the 5.0 oh. pl- uh, update plus Nyko doc mm, and lost all their saves, no. including 300 hours Xenoblade Chronicles 2. That's a real thing. I, I believe I know who that is. If, if we're thinking the same person, I believe that was Spawn Wave because that was the video he had. So well, that's actually a whole other thing on here. We didn't have it in the topics, but with the recent 5.0 update, uh, a lot of people who've been using third-party docs have actually been having their switches bricked, which has been very unfortunate. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things, hey, forewarning, don't use those third-party docs. I don't think this... Nintendo can fall back on this and say you were using an unauthorized peripheral, so your warranty is void. But at the same time, this really shouldn't be happening. So SpawnWave had this recommendation. I had the same recommendation as well, too. Only use the Nintendo docs. If you want something smaller or you care about airflow, get one of those cases that are pretty cheap now and gut your dock. Right. Because that's what I do. I actually, I, I use my portable dock all the time, but the guts of that are official Nintendo. So that shouldn't brick my Switch. No, at this point, you're just have different plastic, a different casing, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that, that's not going to break your console. Exactly. Because the yeah. functionality is going to be the same. Right. Yeah. I mean... You know, it kind of stinks that this is the case because you wouldn't think that it would be that different. Like, I don't know, you know, it should be pretty simple technology, but, mm-hmm. and so I can totally understand people buying these third-party docks. People buy third-party chargers for the phones all the time. So, I mean, I've seen this happen, not really with bricking, but like I know with the dating back to the Xbox 360 again, I've seen uh, there be several peripherals and such that were blocked uh, by Microsoft through updates. So, Unfortunately, Nintendo does have the power to do that, but I also, at the same time, I feel like they're probably going to issue an update of some kind and kind of like patch that out because 
yeah, you're, they don't want people to be using these third-party docs, but like, I really don't think they also want to give out the impression of if you use this third-party doc, we're going to brick your $300 system because yeah. that's just not a good image at all. No, I mean, it's kind of expected that your people are going to buy some kind of peripherals and replacement things. I mean, that's very standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they figure out why it's doing that and we'll it gets see. fixed in an update. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um, for now, stick with Nintendo hardware, Nintendo everything you can. You All know, Nintendo Earth thing. As far as I know, Joy-Cons are like controllers should be fine, but you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? All right, and I'm really sorry for anyone who's got a damaged Switch from that kind of thing. That is a major bummer. RIP. Cloud saves. Cloud saves. Cloud saves. We need them. Yep. You want to get the next topic here? Sure. So, I believe we finally have... Or no, no, this is an update to the homebrew launcher for the Switch. The official homebrew launcher came out last month, I believe. Was it the month before? I can't remember now. Soon. No, I want to say it was last month. I think it was. Last month was February. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was definitely last month. Because I remember that the, like, this was going to yep. release February 1st and it came out late. Yep. But it's like, okay, we haven't done another episode of Mod Chat. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so yeah, it did release February. That's right. So this uh, version... 2.0 is out. I'm guessing a lot of this is uh, some under the hood changes and stability stuff. Um, it looks like there was a major GUI update. Um, I didn't really have a screenshot handy of the theme before, but the new uh, GUI looks pretty good. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Look, at, look at this. Just look at this. Which I don't really <laughs> expect anything less, to be honest. Um, the developers behind this are very professional people, so. Mm-hmm. It, I believe the first iteration, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first iteration was causing burn-in for some people's screens, wasn't really? it? I did not hear about that. Now, there's two homebrew menus, but one of them, it, it, it was one of the homebrew menus, and that one was having burn-in issues with some screens, because it seems like Nintendo changed the screen slightly on some of the Switches. So they actually end up pushing out a small update to hopefully prevent that from happening. They kind of just change the colors and shades a bit. But like this, this shit looks beautiful. Look at this. Yeah, I think it looks great. Yeah, I'd love to see this on my Switch, but you know. I need to see it on my Switch. You have a Switch. I know. Next month. Next month. Look, I've been busy, all right? I've been busy. <laughs> you have had nothing to do this past month. <sighs> yeah. You have I still need to beat free. I still need to beat my monthly game this month, too. You doing that again? Yeah. Uh, I've been doing it for the past few years. So. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like you started beat this at last least year. One, no, I beat at least one game every month when oh, I can. I started this in 2016, so I've been doing it 2016, 2017. I have, I'm not going to do it this week, so next week I'm just going to grab a short game and beat it so I can count that off for March. Gotcha. Yeah. So you don't have the games pre-listed. It's kind of just as you go on the fly. Exactly. It's probably the better way to do it. Yeah, it depends though, because it's like, okay, let's say I have like four days left a month. I'm not going to finish a 100 hour RPG, but then, you know, like Fortnite. <laughs> I, you know what? I've never played Fortnite or PUBG. I actually just uh, played Fortnite for the first time recently. It's pretty fun. Okay. I actually really enjoyed it. I don't think I would enjoy the building aspect of it. I don't like building. It's hardly, you can hardly build at all. Hmm. The game is too short. Uh, okay. I think the building is a lot more on the actual storyline that you have to buy, but for the battle royale, the big free for all, um, it's a very small part of it. It's more like okay. very, very minimal defenses, but you can't craft large things. What I don't think you'll like about it is it is literally a hundred person free for all. You're just running around. I mean, it's, 
I would say it's a lot better than like Call of Duty or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you are normally not the type of person to just play like multiplayer games. No, like I'm that. not. And that that's why I don't really have anything against either of these games. Like people are just like, oh, you need to get them. They're hype. I'm like, I'm sure they're awesome games. I just I'm not yeah. a multiplayer person. I know. So I'm yeah. Like I'm gonna say that it's really fun, but you yeah. probably wouldn't like it. It's, but it's free. Yeah, Fortnite's free. Yeah, so. even so, PUBG. I wouldn't mind spending the twenty or thirty bucks on yeah. it. But like that's if I feel like I haven't I let my PS plus and my Xbox live gold expire in like November of last year. And I just haven't bothered renewing them because I'm like, yep, I I have not had any inkling to play either of them multiplayer like just the past few months so. it's on PC, too. Yep. So you can get on there. Mm hmm. You can get on your phone too. That threw me off too. It's yeah, on mobile well, now. Yeah, it's on iOS. And then PUBG came out on Android. And I thought it was really buggy, but then I think the game my, is just buggy. Well, <laughs> I think I realized because I've not done a lot of like multi touch. Oh, could, could you not tap the Oh yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure it's yeah, I'm just I'm I, I, I I'm trying to save the people's eardrums, man. Oh man. I'm sorry, yeah. eardrums. No, it's all good. But all um good. yeah, I thought that the PUBG on Android was bugging out but i realized my multi-touch is bugging out so now mm. i need to figure out if that's my phone or if that's a pixel problem in general because that would stick. if it's a pixel problem then that's a phone problem well i mean <laughs> there, I, I yes but like is it, is it my <laughs> phone do i need to get a warranty replacement or is that going to be totally useless Devin, you and my other friend donald or some of the people were like you're some of the most technical people i've met and you take care of your shit except for phones like you guys have the worst luck with phones. okay i don't say reason. take care of it my phones are in mint condition all no, the time. No, and that's it's what not I'm a saying. matter of take, taking care of it. No, but you take care of your phone, yeah. and you somehow fuck like it, it's some not you, but the phone will yeah. somehow get fucked up every single time. Yeah. Like my friend Donald, he can either tra- he either trashes his phone or it gets into an accident or it just has a defect. Yeah, I've you never. You two don't have any luck with phones, and I don't understand it. I've never broken a phone though. I've never cracked a screen, but I have been like I was talking to my friend Aiden on the phone, and I was talking shout about out Pixel. Aiden. Hey, shout out Aiden. Yeah, I don't think he's in the chat right now. I'm pretty sure that he's at work, but he's yeah. been in there. He's before. a cool dude. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I was talking to him on the phone, and uh, my phone was in my pocket using a Bluetooth headset. My phone just, you know, shut off. It was about eighty percent. It just shut off, never came back on. I know. I remember that. That was sad. Who does that happen to? Devin. It happens to Devin. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, before we get too sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, I'm sure there's a bunch of under the hood. Uh changes looks like we have about 15 commits here from version 1.0 to 2.0 um so of the homebrew launcher yeah so uh, that's not really like an indication of how much development has happened or you know commits can be large commits can be very very small but uh 12 changes you can view them on github and more importantly it's got a nice GUI update so yeah looking pretty Mm -hmm. looking pretty fresh new theme yeah Anyways, uh, you want to go ahead and take the next one? Sure. So RetroArch, we talked about this coming over to Switch, and the nice thing is this now supports saves on your SD card. So mm-hmm. if you got an exploitable Switch, you can run RetroArch on there. You can play around with it, play some old classic games, all that stuff, and you can actually load saves and save saves over to your SD card. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I haven't really... I haven't messed with too much around with it, and it sounds like you probably haven't either. But I wonder if there's how, how well the emulators are working at this point. It sounds like it's made a ton of good progress and it I mean, might be ready to work. If it's as good as what I've experienced with RetroArch before, like the Switch will be, in my opinion, just like One the, the ultimate <laughs> handheld system. I know it's a portable console, but it's like, you know, you can you can dock it, you can bring it with you, whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then you're going to have, you know, your homebrew and your emulation and everything. For not, yeah. It's cool as fuck. I mean, even if you took like, 
Yo, Mac like if Master Race, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. The, ch- the chat's shouting out the MacBook here. Hey, I mean, I don't mind Macs. This is a work laptop that I'm allowed to use. So shout out to work. Shout out to work. But, shout out to Exit here saying Switch is the new PSP. The Switch is that new wave, though. Ah, uh, I really hope so. <laughs> that is my dream. Yeah. Uh, and because, I mean, especially as a kid, just even if you take the Switch and remove all Switch games from it, just the ability to run emulators and be able to play it portably and dock into a TV that well, that's all I would need. Oh, I love it. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I was straight up awesome at, sorry to get a little sidetrack here, but like I was at work today. So I've been in a training class this week and during my break, you know, I decided to, and just like when we had some downtime, I would just bust out my switch and I was playing a game and I sat there today and I'm just like, you know, this is working so well and it's so seamless. Like, yeah, the game I'm playing I could play it on my laptop, not my work laptop, because I'm not going to install it on there. But it's like, I could have brought my personal laptop with me, installed it on here. But it's like, every single time I'd have to bring out a second laptop that's much heavier. I have to set up the game. Yeah, I could put my laptop into sleep mode, but Windows is shit with sleep mode or hibernate's even okay. Uh, so put it, it out is. of sleep mode, you're going to have those issues. It's not going to be as intuitive. While as it's like, uh, I'll use my phone here as an example, but it's like the switch. It's like, okay, well, there's some downtime. Within two seconds, I'm in the game I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once something starts, I just pause it, like put it in sleep mode, put it over to the side. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could do this with a laptop, but it would not be nearly as seamless or fluid. Yeah. I mean, you have reduced weight. You have probably a lot less heat. I bet you your laptop would warm up. Oh, yeah. A lot heavier. Yep. Um, I bet you you might even have better battery life on the Switch. Yeah. Because a lot of times the Windows laptops, yeah. the battery life is not. The best. No man, I got. I, I'm using my gaming laptop right here. This this laptop paid a stack for it. The gaming, the the battery life on it is shit. Yep. It's been shit since the beginning. Yep. And people were. I remember when I did the review of this. People were just like, "It's a gaming laptop. What would you expect?" It's like I would expect when I get a six hundred dollar laptop, for example, that has eight hours of battery life, I can get something comparable with a one thousand dollar laptop. I go up to $1,000, I get about two hours of battery life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, like, CPUs and stuff like that, and even GPUs, have governors, okay? Mm-hmm. They scale down. There's, they shouldn't be taking up that much power all the time. They scale up when they need to, when they have a heavy workload. So why is the battery life so terrible? I don't know, but I've never had that great of it. I know that some are out there. Some of the new Ultrabooks and stuff like that that are Windows, mm-hmm. that don't have a GPU especially, much better on battery life mm-hmm. um, probably very similar to this that is one reason why i do really enjoy the mac though mac is not my preferred platform i'm actually a, more of a linux person mm-hmm. um but i can't deny that this is some good good quality ass hardware quality ass hardware quality ass hardware. yeah i mean i'm not a mac person but i'll acknowledge they do some shit right yeah so yeah some people think i hate them i'm like no i don't hate them it's just it's not my preference yeah yeah oh well i'm all across the board man all across the board we got a few Vita things, though. we talk mm-hmm. about this. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a lot of PlayStation news this month. A lot of PlayStation news. A whole Good. lot of PlayStation Bouncing news. Bouncing out the Nintendo, <laughs> you know, it works. Yeah. Um, we don't have anything just yet, but the flow has talked about this multiple times, and it sounds like Henkaku for 3.65 is coming sometime this month. Sometime. I'm actually going to correct you. It is out now. Wait. Wait. Since when? Uh, yesterday as of so this is the thing with the flow right he's one of those people he's very calculated he's a cool person from what i see and he's like yeah i got this exploit i'm gonna sit on it for a little bit two weeks later he's like oh i'm i'm done with everything like i'm done porting all my shit so i'm just gonna release it 
now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so going, we're, we're going to do a bit of a lineage thing here. But he okay. was saying, you know, yesterday, and this is on March 5th. Yesterday, I managed to dump the NSBL on 3.65, thanks to, I'm just going to call this guy math here, uh, for providing me the dev kits, which allowed me to find offsets for Enzo. After double checking them, I said YOLO and ran it on my PSTV. My heart was beating so hard since one mistake meant another brick. Luckily, everything was correct and the console was booting perfectly into 3.65 Hinkaku. This allows me to work on a custom firmware installer that you will install 3.65 custom firmware from 3.6. The problem is that you some that if you somehow manage to erase Hinkaku, I'll write it to OS0 instead of UR0, or try to reinstall a 3.65 pup, you'll lose the ability to run homebrews and have to wait a year until I release the actual exploit chain. That's a release you can expect by the end of this month. Also, thanks to everyone who donated for me. So that's what he was saying on there. So right now, you do not have Enzo, um, which is the cold boot on uh, 3.65, I believe. Um, but right now, you can install Hinkaku. Before anybody gets super excited and says, oh, that means I can just go and pick up a 3.65 Vita, which would be easy to do. Not so much because the way this word and the way it is going out right now, unfortunately, this is only useful for people who have a exploitable Vita on 3.6 or lower. So even I myself, this is only useful for me if I'm on 3.6 Hinkaku and I want to update to 3.65 and still retain that custom firmware and you still have some limitations there. This can get you back online and it can do a few other nice things to benefit you. But at the same time, as he said right there, if you end up having to reinstall 3.65, you're going to lose your firmware access. Like you're going to lose your homebrew access, and you can't rerun that. Mm -hmm. So you still have to be on that base. Gotcha. Unfortunately. But still, it's nice that we have that progress. But he said that you know he is going to be releasing the full chain, I guess, so to speak, in about a year. Mm -hmm. so, is, so Enzo is not available for this right it is now. not available okay interesting looking through his twitter it looks like there's a couple bits of information it even yeah. looks like he said that there is a fake updater out there right now yes beware so, of fakes um, always beware be, of fakes be careful it doesn't look like that's official so i would stay away from that until you're an official announcement from the flow absolutely that is the flow zero on twitter if you want to keep up with it mm -hmm. looks like that's kind of his main source of updates for sure yeah, he's also updating things to get ready for 3.67, and he also said 3.67 will only get temporary Hinkaku, so there's a few of these things right here. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, but I love seeing all this stuff available here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, fun times with all that. Like Mr. Mario said, we have a little bit more Vita news. We have one more piece of Vita news. Yep. It looks like there's now an open source Vita emulator. And this is a Vita emulator for Windows. And Mac OS. Oh, and Mac OS. All right. Mm -hmm. So no Linux support yet. We'll give them some time. Oh, man. I know. Devin, how are you going to survive? No, I'm used to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. Anything involving video games, you know. We're getting better. We're making Sad. some moves, okay? You know, definitely like more and more Steam games keep coming out. But, you know, I'm not going to say the Steam machine changed the game either. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Steam Machine, just let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I would still love to see a Steam Machine come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I honestly think they pulled back when they knew, like, okay, this isn't the time. Well, they also tried to go all in, and they're like, we're going to release 30 different 
Steam machines on a on Linux that didn't have nearly as many games. Exactly. Yeah. Play your cards right. Strategically get the games on there first. You know, figure out how to do that. Figure out how to accomplish that, and then bring people over. And be like, see, you don't even notice the difference. Exactly. Uh, you'll notice the difference when you have a tenth of your library. You will. You will. So, anyways, on here though, as Dem was saying, this is called Vita 3K. It is now, I know, for Windows and Mac OS. It's still very early in development, and you can really only run Homebrew on this. But you got, uh, well. Vita Quake running at mm-hmm. a lovely 15 frames a second. So it's nothing really to call home about and get all excited. But we've seen so many emulators in this early state. So I'm not knocking it at all. This is just mm-hmm. the beginning right here. There's also, you know, Vita Tester from Smoke that's showing on here. So really all you can do with this right now is run Homebrew. But this is a kick-ass step in the right direction so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, I might stand corrected. There is build instructions in the bottom for Linux. Oh, but said Windows Mac OS. I know. Could you just build it in Linux? Maybe. Like compile it, I guess? That would be interesting. It's possible that you could just compile it for Windows or Mac OS, but it would be odd. But anyway, it's pretty interesting. You know, obviously, a lot of these emulators start out like this where it's just kind of like homebrew support and whatnot, but I'm sure it'll evolve from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't say any direct plans, I don't think, on here to um, come out with uh, like actual backup support or anything like that. So I don't think it's confirmed. You know when they're doing that, or if that's in the plan. I think so. I think it will come out eventually. Yeah, I so. just give it time. It's an emulator that's yep. starting out. Just give it time, and it's open source, which is even better. Which means someone might eventually do it if they don't. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And we have one last topic here. I know you want to take this one. Okay, I do want to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, already kind of talked about this. We, we did, so, but the good people here don't know about that yet, oh, right. which it's all good. No, 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 we can share it. So this is, we actually talked about this a bit on Mario's Minute, which mm-hmm. Devin is also guest on Mario's Minute as well too this month. So come back on the 28th right. and you can listen to him on there with this nice setup. So I forgot that that hadn't come out yet. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, no, we talk about my experience with this here, but I wanted to to also share this so this to me was pretty exciting this is a halo 2 multiplayer alpha that was built in november of 2003 that has been modified a bit as well too so here the story this is from uh, the vengeful vadim and uh, he said salutations last week the halo 2 multiplayer alpha was released to the public after a crowdfunding project led by the new owner of the disc toxin one for the release of the content was successful Big shout out to him for not hoarding the build to himself and for making all of this possible in the first place. This is an internal test build that was compiled in November of 2003 and tested during January of 2004. Only 1,000 discs were ever manufactured. All of the original files as well as the default executable are present in the following download link, but it's also included in two, with two unlocked executables, one for original Xbox and one for Xbox 360. It supports online LAN tunneling via services such as X-Link Kai. Meanwhile, the Halo 2 beta was released for a while now, but it only just got support for online LAN tunneling as well, which it did not have before. Downloads for the beta lockout DLC and the system link XPE will be included here as well for convenience. Gameplay videos are down below. It was also recently confirmed that the beta can accept game type files ported over from the retail version of the game. So that means secondary weapons can now be properly implemented into matches, which also means classics such as zombies can function correctly. So it was all right there. This was a alpha that cropped out, so it cropped up, mm-hmm. sold for a good amount of money. And the reason why I wanted to bring up, you know, the modding portion of it was because this used to only be um, 
you know, it had to be, you, you had to authenticate to a server to get online. Well, to play it and all that stuff. Don't need to do that anymore. Uh, the other thing is you could only do local split screen for two players at a time. Uh, I believe it was Grim Doomer who ended up getting a hold of this and he was able to link to hack system link into the alpha of this game, meaning that this was played not just online for the first time ever, but it was played system link for the first time ever. Like that had not happened before because the functionality was not there. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And it plays pr pretty interesting too. Like if you try it out, it's it's like a faster version of Halo 2 or like a weird Halo 1.5 or a heavily modified version of Halo 1 with Halo 2 maps in there. It's a really trippy build to play if you've played Halo 2 before. Yeah, and I haven't even had a chance to try this. You obviously had it sound like you actually set up a LAN. Oh my god, yes. So <laughs> so my, my gaming setup now is down in my basement, and I had a friend over one night who loves Halo 2. So I said, we got to try this alpha. And uh, we were trying to get out of one of the maps on there, but it was going to be easier because we both wanted to get out of the map but we needed a third person and we found out we couldn't hook up three at the same time. So I ended up getting my other TV, brought it downstairs, got another Xbox, transferred the alpha over to that, and then system linked the two systems together because I had my switch back there, network switch, not Nintendo switch, but I had the network switch back mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And then we were able to do system link on this and glitch out of the map and everything. But it was just, it was great because we both had these dumb smiles on our faces like, holy shit, it's 2018, we're doing something we would have like killed for when we were 11 or 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Because now we're adults. Fuck it. Yep. You have a house and you have multiple TVs that you can set up. Exactly! You're, you're adult. <laughs> I still have the second TV down there right now, and it's just off. Yeah, it's kind of chilling. In a it's just chilling. I don't have any hey. furniture up here right now. The furniture's coming. The furniture's coming. You can, you can leave it there until we can play. Exactly. I could. I could. And that's what I want to do. We gotta play that. Yes, we should soon. Yeah. And then the beta, as that was mentioned, a Halo 2 beta got released online a while ago. Uh, but now there's some more updates for that as well, too. So wow. we can have some more fun with that beta. Yeah, Halo 2 was one of my favorite games. Halo um, 2 is good. It was kind of what got me into everything, really. Programming, modding, like, it all started with that, man. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was amazing. Especially, it was one of the funnest games that I ever played to actually mod um dot halo was an awesome piece of software i didn't do any of the map modding or anything really? on there oh, i man. yeah i just it, because my, my setup at the time wasn't optimal for that mm. so gotcha and i was really jealous of my friend who he was modding halo 2 on his xbox 360 Ooh. and uh, he had a retail system so he ended up buying his mom took him to buy xeta which was a little adapter that you could fit onto the 360 and it, it got sandwiched between the top of your 360 and the hard drive and then you ended up hooking up a mini USB cable to the back of that and you hooked it up to your computer. So that way you could transfer files just easier that way from your 360 to your PC. Wow. This is before transfer cables were a thing as so well. He was too. just modding map files for the DLC. And exactly. Over. Wow. Yeah. And he was he was having fun with it because we were mm -hmm. modding Halo 2. Well, he was uh, not me, but he was modding Halo 2 after Halo 3 had come out. That's pretty cool. Because he had never had a chance to do that, but he played modded Halo 2 online. He just never had a modded system. He never mm -hmm. had access to any of that stuff. And it's pretty cool that this is like compatible with X-Link Kai. So you can go on there. I bet you there's going to be people modding this. Um, and oh, I'm sure. And X-Link, from when I used it, Yo, it had like special rooms for modding. So follow, like, uh, follow, well, check out Lord Zed on YouTube for some really funny Halo, uh, modded Halo memes. Really? Yeah. What was his name? Lord Zed. Lord Zed. L O R D Z E D D. I highly recommend checking him out. All right. I will.
Yeah, I really loved Halo mods. It's definitely like a piece of nostalgia for me when I see some of those videos or clips of that. Um, in like shitty 240p low oh, frame rate Lincoln yeah. Park blasting in the yeah, background. Exactly, <laughs> Lincoln Park, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I remember there was like my, this same friend, he ended up doing a Halo 3 montage and he recorded this all in a Dazzle and edited it and cracked Sony Vegas then uploaded Wait, it. Dazzle or whatever? A Dazzle, yes. My dad had one of those. Yo. Oh my gosh. But no, I remember there was one person who like, he was really up on his Machinima game and he had commented, he's like, no offense, but this is really amateurish. Like this stuff looks really immature because he was like, <laughs> the, the, the editing wasn't that good. And he even said straight up, he's like, the video quality on this, I don't know what you did, but it's really poor. It almost looks like you recorded it from a cell phone. Actually, if you recorded it from a cell phone, you might have gotten better quality footage. And how does that work? Because you were recording with a capture card. Right. And I remember I just read that comment. I was like, man, he's right. Her. I was like, no, but he's 100% right. Like, this looks like absolute trash. That's almost part of the nostalgia, though. I, I remember I know. one time... Uh, I borrowed my dad's camcorder and recorded on the screen like me and my friend playing modding. Um, I don't think I uploaded it to YouTube or anything, but we had it. <laughs> I need to see this. I don't know if I, yeah, there's a good chance my dad recorded it. <laughs> I would not be surprised. But yeah, it was it was pretty funny. We had flying warthogs. We had all that good stuff, man. But yeah, no, this is really cool. We need to play this sometime. I'm Absolutely. Glad that you've got a chance to actually try it out. We need to try it out. We need to try it out. Yeah. Come over soon again. And we'll oh my show. gosh. I know. I need to. Yeah, that, that is going to be what I need. Because I'm like, I'm moved in now and everything. Man, it's, it's great. It's fun times. It's pretty sweet, man. Because yeah, I think the last, well, I think the last time you came here, I wasn't fully moved in, was I? I mean, you were pretty much. Pretty much, but like, I still had boxes that I had to unpack. Yeah. I haven't seen the whole place today. So. Okay. Okay. It's good shit. It's awesome, man. I'm super jealous. Congratulations on that. Oh, place. well, thank you. Appreciate it. Give I hate some, moving, but like I'm happy it happens. So. Give him some congratulations in the chat. Come on. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> and with that, uh, you know what? We're done with topics now. Yeah. Yeah. So we can go to some Q&A. So if you have any uh, questions for us in the chat, go ahead and ask them. Uh, for anybody who's listening to this when it's over or you are watching this while it's over, uh, this is the part where we take questions for 20 or 30 minutes. So if you can come out to a live show and you make it up until the end right here, Awesome. You can ask us some things. If you're not available, hopefully you can come out for some show next time. But uh, while cu while questions are coming through, I did want to tell a story. So, okay. <laughs> Devin, as I mentioned, I'm in like training this week for work. <laughs> yeah. My, my class is just very outrageous and immature. Like we're all professional adults, but none of us really like we have we like to have fun. Right. Sure. But we were we were messing with scanners and we these weren't like regular flatbed scanners. These are the nice scanners where they look like a little mini printer and you take a piece of paper and you pop it in. It scans like both sides and all that shit. Okay. So uh, at the end, we didn't have any homework for this class. So somebody asked, okay, well, what do we do? Do we have any homework? And the, the instructor said, no, but if you guys want to play around with the scanners, you can. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this, uh, this paper towel and try and scan it. So I scanned the paper towel. It scanned successfully. Really looked like nothing, but scanned successfully. And then somebody was trying to scan their glove. We were all doing these other things. Now, one person in the class who I've gotten really well acquainted with, he's just like, oh, you should try toilet paper. And I'm like, okay, I should try toilet paper. So I went out, <laughs> went out to the bathroom, grabbed a bunch of toilet paper. How much is a bunch? Like a good amount to wipe yourself, I'd say. So you didn't take the whole roll? No, I didn't take the whole roll, but I took like, you know, a lot of toilet paper. Got a nice wad. Yeah, I got a nice wad. <laughs> so I brought the toilet paper back and they all see me like, oh my God, Danny's dead ass serious with this. 
And I tried, I attempted to scan the toilet paper and like we put it in and as soon as it starts loading, like everyone's just busting out laughing and the toilet paper got stuck in this scanner, which was not cheap, by the way. So I got to, uh, I, I got to then open up the scanner and take out all the little pieces of toilet paper. So it got shredded but even and stuck. Slightly shredded. But even so, it's like everyone was laughing. The, uh, the instructor, he's just like covering his face and he's like, I've, this has never happened. Like you, you class are just very different there's there hasn't been anyone prior to you who has attempted to scan toilet paper or even had the idea of it i could just see like walking into the room and just see how many adults trying to shove things in the scanner. we i wasn't shoving it in there i lightly put it in like it was a piece of paper and the scanner ate it but then it also tried to literally eat it so yeah <laughs> then threw up oh boy man that's ridiculous <laughs> well okay so at least you're not the only one I bet he was pretty baffled that like everyone was kind of taking part in this. So that's what it sounds like. Pretty much the whole class is like joining in on this whole something like that. Experimenting with scanners. Yeah, yeah. After that though, I put it into it because I'm like, oh, you should try again. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I pushed my limit for today. No peer pressure. <laughs> why don't you try it? Hmm? I said, why don't you try it? That's what you I tried have. it already. No, that's what you should have told them. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Trying to make you the fall guy. Exactly. Yeah, they, you've been saying it was my idea. I was like, it wasn't my idea. It was his idea. I just <laughs> followed through with it. <laughs> oh, boy. If I was an instructor, I would probably feel the same way. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks like we have some uh, some questions coming in here. So you want to grab a few of them? Sure. Let's see. There's one from Cody the Dragon Rude. Do you think eventually we will start to see Dreamcast like indie games on OG Xbox or does modding cause a roadblock? Gunlord on OG Xbox would be epic. Now, I don't know what Gunlord is, but uh, I might look into it. And I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm not really sure what the, the I don't SDK think, looks, about, looks I, like over there. I don't think we're going to see that because I don't believe there's been a fully fleshed out, completely stable open source XDK mm-hmm. for the original Xbox that people would be um, comfortable messing around with to develop a game. One thing I've noticed really with the Xbox scene of things with modding is that there's not too much focus on homebrewing games. Like we're starting to see that more now with older uh, systems. So you're seeing a lot more Super Nintendo original homebrew games come out, even Nintendo stuff. Really? Yeah, because um, awesome. I follow this a bit. Dreamcast, of course, that's been... There's a few... Yeah. There's at least like three Dreamcast games that come out every year. I know. That's and they one even that get I press and everything. The and the cool thing is too, I think people have a lot of... Um, I think people are a lot better with the Dreamcast because yes, the Xbox is easy to mod, but the Dreamcast, you literally just burn a disc. You burn mm-hmm. the game onto a disc and you play it, and that's about Super it. Super easy. On it, top of that, too... Anyone can do it, too. Like yeah. Anyone. On top of that, too, Microsoft might care a little bit more while a Sega, like, they could prosecute for those homebrew releases, but they honestly don't give a shit. They just kind of look, they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Just, uh, yeah, just keep it on the Dreamcast. We'll be okay. Because mm-hmm. the Dreamcast, I mean, they're really not trying to protect it anymore. So I would say it's more... Um, an issue with maybe, you know, getting a proper XDK or, you know, SDK, I guess we can say on that. Right. Uh, but also, too, just the modability of it. You still have to modify an Xbox and do some trickery and such with it. While it's Dreamcast, you literally burn the game onto a CDR. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see with all these, like, kind of just with the trend of development uh, like on the Switch and whatnot. I wonder if we're going to see a lot of indie games on the newer consoles first. 
I mean, that'd be possible with as fleshed out as these homebrew SDKs are looking like. I mean, uh, so Volcar the Viking, I believe that was one game where it came out on, you know, PC, I think it came out on PS4, came out on Xbox One, but it also came out on Dreamcast. And shout out Adam Korlick, he had a theory on that. And he said, you know, I believe a lot of these developers port these games onto Dreamcast, normally because it's probably maybe a bit easy, maybe a bit of a challenge, and it's kind of fun to do. But also, it's such an obscure thing, a a Sega Dreamcast, a system that is, you know, almost 20 years old here at this point, getting a new game. I think it is 20 years old. because No, it's it's almost it's going to be 20 yeah. this year because it originally came out in 98. Uh, but literally, really? it, yes, 99 or is 99 it? in the US, okay. 98 in, in Japan. Uh, but the, what I'm saying here is every single time a new Dreamcast game is released, it goes on all the news sites mm-hmm. because people are just like, oh, my God, there's a new Dreamcast game. Mm-hmm. And then the Dreamcast community and like other homebrewers are like, yeah, this, this is pretty regular. Right. So if someone has a game and it's not doing super well on their store, but they're a good coder, they could just pour it over to the Dreamcast. And when they release it, it will get news coverage. Instant hype. Yeah. That actually makes sense. All right. So another question here from Anderson Cardoso. How are you guys? How I'm are... doing well, Anderson. Ho- hopefully everything's all right in Brazil. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing well as well. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being <laughs> in the chat. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Chat gang. Let's see. Q&A question. Mr. Mario, oh. will you update the PS3 USB jailbreak? Tut. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've said it a few times in comments there, and I'll say it here. Like that was using PS3 exploit version one, and there's now version two and version three, which are slightly different. But I've seen countless people still use my tutorial with those, and it's really the same thing, except a few files have changed and a few names have changed. Mm-hmm. But most people are just like, "Oh yeah, you know, we can do it this same way, and it works out." Right? Yeah, similar idea exactly yeah it's like you might have to load up a different web page but it's really the same concept and all that stuff and i don't believe this this person who's asking i don't believe they are one of those people that has to have that like they're just like they're just wondering Mm -hmm. but there's some people who at risk of sounding a little bit insulting there are some people who they might not they're they're very a binary people like oh my god the the link in this video is different than the link i have here panic i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. If you can't think a little bit for that, you probably should not be doing a jailbreak modification to your console. Yeah. So I mean, there's a fine balance because I can also understand, you know, being new to modding and whatnot. It's it's probably better for someone to be overcautious mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, this link's different. Oh, well, let me click it and try. So, I mean, it does take a little bit of critical thinking. Correct. And so that probably is a little bit necessary if you're getting into modding in general, because you're going to need to troubleshoot some stuff usually exactly but yeah yeah because um, the way i look at it i see i have a few people asking are you going to do an updated version but then i have more people saying hey thanks for this it worked with the updated version right i'm just like okay if it's still working it's okay and so often we see like different entry points being dramatically different mm-hmm. and so if it's basically the same thing i can understand mm-hmm yeah, so I see this one from Anthony right here. So it's directed towards me, but I'm going to ask you, Devin, because I can answer this very quick. Have you built a Raspberry Pi 3 with RetroPie installed? Because yeah. I have several times. Me too. How's your experience been with it? It's great. I, I know no you've problem. used yours a lot more than me. Eh, decent, maybe a decent bit. But yeah, no, um, I actually got it set up after I got my um, Super Nintendo Classic, which is hilarious. 
So I set up the Super Nintendo Classic, played with it for a while, you know, enjoyed the controllers, enjoyed the console, and now I put it up, and it's kind of just like a just a piece sitting in my apartment, mm-hmm. and I use the uh, the Pi. It's been really good. Um, getting the files on there was no problem, just because I actually popped the SD card straight into my computer and drag and drop the games over. Um, the kind of consoles pop up on the retro Pi pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. No hassle. I don't know. It's been like it's been fine. I do wish you uh, would run uh, or not Super Nintendo Nintendo 64 games a little bit better. Yeah, I would say that was pretty disappointing, but it's also it's not even really a fault of the CPU and like the actual, you know, little computer itself. It's more of an issue of in 64 emulation is also just kind of weird with many yeah. things. Yeah, because they didn't really with the way it was designed, the way games were built when in 64 emulation started, they didn't really focus on let's make this the best for the system. They said, hey, let's target each game individually. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're going to make sure Mario 64 runs well. We're going to make sure Smash runs well. We're going to make sure Mario Kart 64 works well. And then like, let's say some basic Mahjong game uh, that was a really obscure release and doesn't require too many resources released in Japan. Uh, that might run like absolute shit. Mm-hmm. even though objectively not even objectively you can even technically look at it and like mario 64 would be more demanding than that. yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the nintendo 64 cpu is older it's a little bit more obscure it was something that nintendo got for like cheap in bulk that they leveraged um it was not Re- a really? sta- yeah i don't believe it was a standard cpu I've always it, well it wasn't it was very much customized but i don't think they also like the rumor I had heard was that they on purpose made it hard to develop for because they mm-hmm. wanted to have good games on there. Interesting. Yeah. So they didn't want to have shovelware on the N64. I'd love to like try and like find some background on that mm-hmm. compare because I definitely heard, I guess not the opposite, but very different. The PS1 was much easier to program for hmm. that generation. Interesting. Well, Interesting. Look into that. The N64 is very weird. It's one of those consoles, and I'm not even talking about the technical aspect, of it, but I'm t- talking about overall in our minds, we think of so nostalgically and we love it and we think of it as a su- like such a successful system, but the PS1 did much better than it. And even then, it's like there was a lot of disdain for the N64 um, from developers and, you know, from some consumers and such because, you know, games are more expensive on it too. But even though it didn't sell as well and a lot of developers didn't like it as much to work with, it seems to have better, it seems to have more of a positive nostalgia mm-hmm. with people than the PS1, like by far, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't say people have like a negative outlook on the PS1, but the Nintendo 64 is more memorable. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you, if you saw both of those consoles in the room, the average person would probably freak out and go, oh, that's a Nintendo 64 before. Mm-hmm. PS1. Yeah, like that N64 kid. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I, I don't know, I've heard that too, that it was just, and I don't really, it was too young to really like know, I guess, about sales figures back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does surprise me, like how, like when I look at the, how it sold against the PS1, it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but mm-hmm. it left an impact. Because you think of it as like you romanticize it and you're like, oh, this is such an awesome system. And you're like, wait, what? The PS1 sold how many more than the N64? I think the N64 did really well in, I would say, like Japan and the US, but like other places like in Europe, for example, probably not as much. Mm. Yeah. Like I know when, whenever I go to the Middle East um, and like whenever I've gone there before, uh, they love the PS1 because piracy. Mm. <laughs> so it was selling like gangbusters because also discs were cheaper too. Mm-hmm. While the N64 can't really do that as much. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Let's see. I've got another one from Yolo Boy. Do you guys still get excited when you install hacks on devices? I think that's an easy answer. Yeah. E. Very excited. Yes. I mean, that, yes, that's I something do. that like, I, I mean, simplest way I can explain it is like literally geeking out. I mean, there are certain times where I'm like doing this stuff and I'm just like literally like can't contain myself. Like this is so cool. Mm-hmm. So I still get that way for sure. Yeah, I got really excited. Like I, I had a, a huge, you know, Xbox excitement rush that was going on for a few months with the original Xbox, like the PSP as well too. Like you kind of like reactivated that with me because <laughs> he, this guy got me a PSP 2000 for Christmas. Yep. And then I'm just like, oh, this is so like, I was playing my, this year I played my PSP more than my Switch. Jeez. <laughs> That is crazy. I'm telling you, I got love for the PSP, man. I do too. And also, it's trust me, it is a true but, portable, which that even threw me off because I said, I'm like, yeah, I can easily pocket it and it's fine. You made a comment about that, I think, on Twitter. Yeah, and there was one person that was just like, really? I don't think of it as portable. I'm like, how small are your pockets, man? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's just like, it, we call the Switch portable, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the PSP is like by far more portable. And it's not it, it, because it's a handheld and then like, yeah, you can hook it up to your TV. But even so, the hooking it up to a TV is pretty shitty from what I've seen because like, oh, that resolution. You, well, yeah. Be, well, not only the resolution, but let's say your TV is that big. When you hook up the PSP, it's going to use this much of the screen. Oh, it man. doesn't blow up. So you have to use the zoom feature on your TV. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. So see, the Switch is still the best portable system, but the PSP is, you know, one of the best handhelds. Yep, true. It's PSP is one of my favorite consoles of all time, especially handheld. If you don't count the Switch, it's still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Switch is pretty dope. Um, let's see. Brendan wants to know if he should pay to JPEG his Trinity Xbox 360 or mod PS3. I don't know if you mean pay for one and don't pay for the other, or like you're going to pay for either. Well, okay. I guess I'm hung up on this. You can't JTAG a slim system. So if you can, it, I, I mean, the answer would be mod a PS3 then. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. If you have to pick one or the other, because the PS3 is just, you know, some network, tr- like get it onto a network connection and have a USB drive ready mm-hmm. and you're ready to rock with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question answered. Yeah. Question answered. <laughs> see. I'm not sure where you're at on here. I was seeing. Okay, I got one from Cody. Go ahead, yank it. Um, He says he has a Jasper 360, but it has the heat sink that does not have the copper heat sink that extends out. What does that mean where the heat sinks swapped? No, they went back to those heat sinks um, when they were working on the Jasper systems. So, I mean, if he really wants to, you can upgrade the heat sink on that. But if you don't, eh. it's a Jasper. It will last. Oh, I'm just hearing my dog's squeaky toy. My, my my dog is in the basement right now, just <laughs> hanging out. I'd like her to hang out here, but the problem is um, with my floors, you're just going to, it's just going to sound like she's tap dancing the whole time. Oh, on Mario's minute, you can hear that. Like whenever oh, really? she gets excited, you just hear tap, 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 tap. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think people here would appreciate that for like an hour and a half straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's understandable. She's yeah. good. She's yeah. good downstairs. She's good dog. She's having fun. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think that one day we will see a soft hack in Xbox 360 like we have on PS3? Uh, I'm going to say most likely not. I'm hopeful for something, but just from what I've seen, we're probably not going to get it. So, I mean, eventually, I don't know. You never know when stuff comes out like if years we, and years. But then again, it has been out for a long time. If we see something like that, would be fantastic. But, yeah. Hey, I mean, who knows? 
as much as I'd like to claim that me and Mr. Mario are actually like developers and we have insight on that kind of stuff, we we aren't for, at least for the the hacking scene. I mean, you're a developer, but not a console modification right. developer. Yeah. Yeah. I never was into actually like exploiting systems, although I think it would be fun to experiment um, at this point now that I'm, you know, a lot better <laughs> with development. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just not something I have time for right now. It'd I understand. Awesome. Yeah. Let's see. Can you homebrew PlayStation 4 to play free games? Um, I mean, you can play your backups, I guess. Exactly. It's out there. (laughs) Yeah. I got a PS3 working from overheating issue. Should I go ahead and add the copper heat sinks to it with some new thermal paste? Yeah, I mean, that's good prevention on there. Another one I was actually trying to read, and then this one just kind of popped up. But I just jailbroke my backwards compatible PS3. I set the fan settings. How important is it to change thermal paste? Also, thanks for helping me jailbreak my PS3. I'll tell you, and I'll tell anyone else, you take care of that PS3, it's going to take care of you. You don't change the thermal paste on that thing. That thing is going to die, and then you're going to fix it, and it will work for maybe up to a year, and then die again at that point. Mm. It's kind of just foobar and toast. So do change the thermal paste. Rip that shit open, clean it out. Yeah, do that thermal mm-hmm. paste because those the the original PS3s funk like feature-wise are the best ones and the coolest ones to get, but unfortunately they are also the biggest like if if they break, they break mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So yeah, the PS3's failure rate, although it wasn't nearly as sky high as the 360's failure rate, the disappointing thing is PS3's still died off. They just they took longer to die. So 360 could die in like a year. A PS3 might die off in like three or four years. 360s were also easier to fix up and could normally last longer when you repaired them properly. PS3s, not so much. Gotcha. Yeah. And go for a reball the first time that thing yellow lights. Don't do a reflow. There you go. Yeah. Heard it here. Yeah. All right, Anthony. I've got a PS3 working from overheating issue. Should I go? Oh, ahead? I answered that one. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. There's oh, that- wait, what? I thought you. Oh, no. I answered that one. <laughs> I must have been looking through the chat. Yeah, I thought you were that was still on the, the one before it. I actually there, there's one directed to you here, but uh, question for the other dude, not Mario. I want to go into coding and programming, <laughs> software development, etc. For a career, what do you recommend I do? I'm currently 15. So you've come um, to the right place for that, dude. Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of different kind of areas of software development. I guess that's kind of the first thing. Um, a lot of people get excited about video game development and kind of don't know what they're getting into. Video game development can be torturous. It's it's very tough. Um, I kind of had the same idea, though. I was really open-minded. I was like, you know, it'd be cool if I could get into, like, how people make video games. Like, I didn't really know what that meant exactly, and that's kind of part of the thing that led me into programming stuff uh, when I started realizing that, you know, oh, homebrew software is made like this, homebrew games are made like this, so regular games are made like this. I kind of want to play with that. Mm-hmm. I ended up learning that I like application development a lot more like utilities and different apps, or maybe even like just, you know, think of any apps on your phone that aren't games. I'd be interested in developing any of that. Games are just a totally different thing. Right. But you do need to start off with a layer of software development for sure. Before you ever get into real games, if you want to get started, especially for free, you know what I mean? Um, Go check out codecademy.com. So that's going to be like a little bit more, I wouldn't say advanced, but it's going to kind of throw you in. It definitely starts from square one on a lot of different languages, but um, go around, play with stuff. I would recommend learning JavaScript, maybe some Python. Um, 
uh, probably not. I, I probably wouldn't recommend learning Ruby at this point. I think it's definitely dying off. Okay. I wouldn't say dying off as a language, but it's getting a lot less popular. And you're probably going to have a lot better luck with uh, support and finding a lot more resources with Python and JavaScript and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Codecademy is really good. You can also find all kinds of stuff that are like really, really basic. Um, I don't have a couple like really, really basic books, but Codecademy is a great place to kind of get started and to um, start playing around with some programming for free. And it's all in the browser, so you don't need to download like a like a IDE, a, like an editor for your That's source awesome. code. Um, so it can really help you get started. And I believe they even have like forums and stuff if you need a little help. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for that career advice. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. good luck. Yeah, it's an awesome career. I really enjoy it. <laughs> so I have, I think we can take this last question here and then jet out. Yeah, on that. that's probably good. Yeah, so this is kind of just like a straight up gaming one. So this is kind of why I want to answer it. But uh, you guys excited for Red Dead 2? Yeah, because Red right. Dead 1 looks awesome, but I've never played it. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was a good game. So the reason why I'm not like gasming about it is because I will acknowledge it's a great game, but um, it came out at a time I was just so burned out with gaming and I had a real disdain for it. But I actually did pick up and play that game. It took me a bit to get into, um, but it was good. And it's one of those I I should go back and replay it. Uh, but I had an appreciation for it. Wasn't it made by Rockstar and all yeah. them? So it was kind of like a Grand Theft Auto ish open world, but yes. like you know Western in the Wild West. That's awesome. Yeah. I think so. Recently, the the game uh, Sea of Thieves came out. Um, it's not doing too well. It didn't look that good to me. I'm thinking this would be cool. Imagine, so Rockstar, you know, they they did Grand Theft Auto. They made that fucking awesome. They took the Wild West. They made that awesome. Imagine if they did that with pirates. Like, if yeah. Rockstar had made Sea of Thieves as opposed to um, Rare. I think that would have been really cool Which, to see. It's very weird. Sea of Thieves is this game that, like, I kept hearing hype about. Hype, 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 hype. And then I mean, it went I heard hype from the Xbox community, but even I looked at it like the first, like, footage i'm like yeah i like rare i can appreciate this but i'm not gonna play it doesn't really look that good to me yeah but that's what i'm saying like anybody who i know that's actually played it or actually looked into it is like Mm -hmm. no but i keep hearing news about it Mm -hmm. so it's like who's actually enjoying this game not that many people are enjoying the game as i'm seeing it so maybe people who just got like the game early and i i will i will say this uh with red dead uh so yeah, I'll definitely pick it up for sure. But this is like more for the first one. So I'm not going to spoil it, even though it's been out for a while, because I'm sure there's a lot of people here that have not played the first one that want to go back and replay it, which I would recommend. Um, but the thing that threw me off was because at the time, like I, I was just I was playing through. I'm like, OK, this is a good game. This is a good game. This is a good game. The ending like this is the thing that people talk about where. Um, you get one ending and there's another mission. Like you think the game is over and there's another mission you have to do and you do that mission and that's the final ending right there. Mm. I remember I played through that and I'm just like, whoa, that's crazy. Okay. And it didn't hit me until like, I'm one of those people, I believe if you get like an emotional response from a game or like any type of media, it's done an incredible job. But I remember I was talking with someone about it because I was telling them about Red Dead. And then when I got to the ending, I'm like, yeah, so this happens in this and the. you okay man yeah no like i seriously got choked up as i was telling someone about it and i was like what the fuck is happening and there's people i talked with and like one person um in another podcast they were saying they're just like dude i don't really get emotional with games but like i remember i played the ending like i played through the final mission that fucked me up i was thinking about that shit for days on end after Mm. i finished the game yeah it's not good yeah that's awesome 
I, I would love to check it out at some point. Um, it's it, it's definitely good for sure. I think the the next game I am excited for is God of War. I would say, and South Park: The Fractured Butthole is coming out on Switch, which I'm excited for. I was gonna pick it up, but like I, I'll still pick it up. But it's coming out four days after God of War, and I plan to get God of War on launch. So that's yeah. gonna be exciting. The new one looks pretty good. It looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, that is coming out next month, and then Detroit Become Human is coming out in May. I'm I'm a very mm-hmm. big Quantic Dream fan, so I have to figure out a new place for the mic because I cannot type with this thing. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. We're almost done. It's beta. <laughs> it's beta. It's beta. <laughs> yeah. And with that, since Devin has to, uh, we're we're gonna take a month to figure out what is up with the mic, like where we can put it and all that. So I'd say that that's an appropriate end to the podcast here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is, gosh, what episode is this, 38? This is 38. Man, whole new thing. It's new <laughs> setup, new place. I know, right? I'm really excited for yeah, this. Yeah, that new, new. Yeah. New yeah, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So everyone, thank you so much for participating. Thank you for hanging out with us and everything. It's been awesome entertaining you all. I'd say, like, I love this setup right here. This is Because I could just, like, look over to you. We can talk at the same time. We're not going to have those, you know, those, those network issues, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. Yeah. No, <clears throat> ooh, excuse me. Jesus, gosh, it's getting late. <laughs> no, I was a little bit like nerve wracking starting this out because it's so different, you know, so used to the other setup, but I really like this. This feels really natural and mm-hmm. having the chat right here. And honestly, it's like less things on my screen to worry about having to like have you on the screen and chat and articles. And so I felt like this flowed a lot better too. Right. The thing, the thing that drove me nuts, like with the flow was that again, because we were networked, you know, when, whenever we would transition between each other, there'd be a few seconds pause and like, we couldn't really help it that much, but that just always drives me nuts since we were in a local area. Yeah. But now we can talk about that. And because we are cooked up to the same interface, if we are talking over each other or something, you guys aren't going to get, you know, that eh, 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 like that robot network interference Mm -hmm. because it's, just we're messing with one mic one webcam it's raw hardware like it's it's raw it's raw yeah raw and unfiltered yeah (laughs) yeah and i like the setup it looks like a radio show looks cool we appreciate it thank you getting professional man i know right i know i know i i dropped i dropped uh, some good money on this so two stacks hopefully not two stacks but (laughs) i mean still (laughs) got a big house got big money now it's a moderate size house. <laughs> I'm not trying to stunt on anyone. Sure, you aren't. No, uh, I try and stay humble, man. Yeah, you're you're good. Yeah, I just so, need a place for my dog to run around. Right. <laughs> Jeez, she's got enough energy to. It's worth it. I know, right? It's worth. Yeah. Anyways, I gotta go hang out with my dog. So yeah, uh, you know what? You can find this again if you're if you're kind of here. You know, you're in the chat near the end, whatever it is. Um, this is going to be the pre-record. Well, the post version is going to go up on uh, YouTube here, of course, and then it's going to be available on all your favorite podcast platforms. I put it onto Podbean, and then it filters into Google Play Music, iTunes, and pretty much any of your favorite podcast apps. Like we both use Pocket Casts. Mm-hmm. It gets on there well enough. So Pocket we're gonna Cast, have that. Overcast if you're on um ios okay i didn't know about all that. that so all that jazz yeah and then if you want to check any of this stuff out on social media our social media links will be down below in the description on youtube i myself am mr mario 2011 you can find me on youtube twitter whatever the hell it is and uh to my co-host Devin, where can we find you you can find me paranoid coder that's like one word no underscores kind of had it mixed up for a while but paranoid coder is it you can find me on uh twitter you can find me on youtube you can find me on steam it and you can find me on dtube it's pretty much the majority of it right on 
Yeah, sweet. And yeah, check out this dude's channel. He, you, you've been so far, yeah, too, because we had Devin, uh, we challenged him in December to mm -hmm. a video a month. Yeah, and yeah. it's been going okay. It's been like yeah. pretty close both times. There's no video <laughs> yet in March, Devin. What's going on, Devin? Um, well, I gave you five lamps, Devin. For the past <laughs> couple weeks, I've been testing this thing out. So, oh, the gotcha been... or the gocha? Gocha. Gocha. G O hyphen T C H A. Okay. I think it's gocha. Okay. But yeah, so that video is going to be coming out soon. I've been reviewing this and putting through its paces. Um, so, Little teaser there, video coming out soon. Sweet. Yeah. After I, I think I've got my Windows machine all set back up. Nice. All right. Yeah, you yeah. need to do that again because that kind of worked. Yeah, I know with the lamps thing I was mentioning, I'm, I'm excited to see this. Like I, this house naturally has enough lights that's either built into the ceiling or natural where my previous apartment had the shittiest light set up. So I had to buy a bunch of lamps. And when I realized I wasn't going to use them, I hit up this guy. I was like, Hey, I have a bunch of lamps. Do you want them? I'll even give you the light bulbs and everything. And you were just immediately like, yes, I need them. Yeah. And so. it's, it's, so I put three of the bulbs that you gave me, you know mm -hmm. how I have my lamp. That's like, that's like multiple bulbs. bulb. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that yeah. is like just absolutely blinding. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, awesome, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see how it looks on video. So same, video, it looks really nice. Like for anybody who might be wondering, it's the same type of lights as these I use in all, all like in my apartment. And then now in my house, I use, uh daylight. led lights yeah daylight bulbs so they're 5000 k that's mm -hmm. what you need to look for uh they're pretty energy efficient they use like eight or nine watts of power per, per bulb and they look like this so instead of you know the typical yellow bulbs that you would think of that they look okay they look nice and you don't realize how bad they look you don't realize how bad they look until you take photos or videos and everything just looks like disgusting yeah. and the light doesn't look right Dinty. so yeah yeah but this looks kind of Depending on the setup, it's either welcoming or your place might look like a killer setup. I don't know. It is. So you got to make sure you're <laughs> if like, for example, if you if you have just like the, a bunch of these lights on in an empty room, it's going to look terrifying. But if you have it like nice and homey and set up, it looks great. I'm not going to lie. The first couple days that I was using those at home, mm -hmm. I literally kept looking around and think my apartment kind of looks fake now. Like it doesn't look real anymore because I've been used to seeing this yep. for years and it just, it looks so different <laughs> and you don't realize it, but yeah, no, it, it's nice. So improvements coming to my channel. Yes. Thanks yeah. to Mr. Mario shouts out. I said, cause he, he tried to pay for them. I was like, dude, just use them. <laughs> the only payback I want is I want to see them used in videos. That's all. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> I can't wait. I got it. I've got everything lined up, and now I got my computer set back up. So video is coming soon. As soon as I can get a break, if I can get a chance this weekend. But yeah, lots of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, until next month. Yep. Take it easy, everybody.